the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's a demonstration of love. It is 1 Corinthians chapter 13. That's up next on Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Join us. Ask 100 people what love is, you'll get 100 different answers. And if you know your Greek at all, you know there are several definitions, several types of love. So what kind of love are we talking about? And once we dial in the specific kind of love, where's the demonstration of it to be found? I'm glad you asked. Welcome to Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard, who returns us to a look at 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 through 8. It's a demonstration of love. Here's Pastor Phil and today's broadcast of Truth For Today. It says love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. Irritable is the better idea, I think. It keeps no record of wrongs. We pick up today, love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. God wants his people to be known as lovers, lovers of the brotherhood. Unless you ever mistake Christianity, remember this. This love always starts among the family of God. The light that shines furthest always shines brightest at home. And God has said, I want my people to be a microcosm of the love of the Trinity, I want them to be a living laboratory where love is displayed, acted out, and demonstrated. Have you ever had anybody sell you something you didn't think you wanted to buy? Uh, I remember when Carol and I could least afford it, living in Fresno, a vacuum sweeper guy called. We want to sell you a vacuum. And I, 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 we did not have the money. We, didn't, we needed a vacuum, but not thin. And uh, I think they threw in, we'll clean one room free. You know that. And they get there and they throw sand on the rug. And, and you know, if you had ashtrays, they'd empty the ashtrays. And you say, man, don't go there. Don't go there. You're wasting your time. I can't, I can't afford it anyway. Guess what? I own that vacuum today. The demonstration, he got the rug so bad, my old one couldn't get it up anyway. That, uh, and then I talked three other people into buying one. That helped. Thanks, Hazel and Dad. 
But I, I didn't need that vacuum, economically speaking. It was nice. But when it was demonstrated, when you see what it can do, you can talk yourself and say, I got to have that. And Christianity is a demonstrated faith. Christ says the world will observe how you love one another. They don't read your doctrinal statements. They read how you love. They don't want to know your doctrine until they know there's some love in the place. It's the thing we ought to export is the love. Some of you don't know our doctrinal statement today. And you're members of this church. You just said, "Uh uh-huh, when you were supposed to say, "Uh uh-huh. But you're not getting to heaven because you can quote theology all just right. What happens immediately when you come into this family is the love of God is put in your heart and immediately you start learning how to love a family. Now let's pick up love does not rejoice with evil. And let's move. We have some territory because at the end, if we, time will permit us, I'd like to give you seven ways how you can do this loving how you can, you know, sometimes we look at the description and the definitions and say, yeah, 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 I hear it. I just still don't act that way. Tell me how I can be this way. And I hope to give some information that may help you. Love does not rejoice with evil. Uh, The big word we hear today is tolerance. It's not conviction. It's not truth. It's not absolutes. But the politically correct measure of a man or woman is how much can you tolerate? And uh, we live in a pluralistic culture that demands a great deal of tolerance. And in a democracy, I think that's a beautiful thing, quite frankly. Uh, We are not a theocracy. America is not a divine state. Israel was. And we're coming to a kingdom that will be a theocracy. We're a democracy, a republic. But uh, tolerance is the big word. I just was called by Jay Sigalow trying to raise money to fight this child pornography on the Internet. They're trying to say keep child pornography off of the Internet. And the ACLU says it's a First Amendment right to let children have access to child pornography. And so Jay Sigalow is raising money to fight this. It's in the de- debate now in the House of Representatives. But the idea is uh, we've got to be tolerant. Love tolerates everything. Love does not rejoice with evil. Romans says love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Proverbs 9 says fear the Lord is to hate evil. Love the Lord and hate evil. Love can never be neutral about what's evil. And so we find out a Wilberforce in England did not feel tolerance towards slavery. He fought slavery. He sought to end it, and before he died, they passed it in England to abolish slavery. Our viewpoint as Christians, even though they want to shut us down, even in a political arena, we've not been called to tolerance. We've been called to truth. So we have a conviction about some things, and they will paint us as fighting fundamentalists, right-wingers, conservatives that grew up somewhere in Appalachia in a hole in the ground. They want to shut us down. Don't be silent. We hate what is evil. And too often the church 
simply go silent in this area. And uh, we're not to be open-minded to everything. We have some convictions. Moody said one time, he was amazed that a lie could be halfway around the world before truth got out of bed and put on its shoes. It is amazing how error multiplies and a lie can go quicker than the gospel. Because there's a propensity in the heart of man to cherish that which is evil. You know, tabloids abound because people love to know the dirt on other people. We love to know if one of, if Diana or one of the ones living now, have they ever been immoral? Have they ever been out of line? Is it any of our business? Is that the appetite of the heart? Or do we want to crave that which is good? We've all got things we'd rather the rest of the world not know about. And love seeks the truth, and love does not rejoice in evil. Love always believes the truth. It delights and rejoices in the truth. Uh, love never gives up the truth. There's an attitude sometimes that uh, if we just compromise the truth, we can get together in the name of love. The ecumenical movement was built around this. Let's all get together for oneness, and that's not a bad idea, at the price of truth. Let's give up a Bible that's free of error. Let's give up the deity of Christ. Let's give up this stuff because we must get together with all world religions at the price of going soft on you can't insist Christ is the only way. That's a little rigid. That's a little narrow. Truth usually is rather narrow. For instance, two plus two equals four, and there is no other correct answer. Is that narrow? If you don't know what two plus two is, any answer will do. When you don't know who Jesus is, it's fine to make him equal with Buddha, make him equal with some other God. But when you know the truth about who he is, it narrows you down to he is the way, he is the truth, he is the life, and no other fits that category. That's narrow. But the way to heaven's narrow, not broad. Love uh, never gives up truth in order to say we're loving. You know, he said in Ephesians 4 that as you mature as a believer, you'll learn to truth to one another in love. And it's a present participle, truthing to one another in love. That's really the mark of maturity is when we learn to bear even a negative message of maybe to point out a fault to a brother or to help adjust a brother in a loving way. Who all would you want to remove a piece of sawdust in your eye? An angry, irritated person? No, thank you. I don't just want anyone doing surgery on me. And we're called to be the people who bear truth, but people sense that our motive, and we seek a manner that's loving. The message might be negative. You have terminal cancer. That is a very austere message. 
But we seek to bear the message in a loving, compassionate manner. And that's the great challenge. That love makes us tell the truth, but in a loving way. Have you seen people that always brag, well, I just tell it like it is? I'm not going to lie to you. No, no, we've never seen you do that. But how about not being so harsh? How about being kinder with the truth? When you tell a man that you think he's going to hell, don't act like you're glad he is. You're going to hell if you reject Christ. And I'm aching that you would make that wrong decision. I want you to know Christ. So love is something that uh, helps us to rejoice in the truth. Love always protects. Isn't that beautiful? It always protects. It's a loaded word. It has three nuances, three different ways this word was used. Uh, It literally was translated in the Gospels for a roof. They took off the rooftop. And it was used of a watertight roof where no water could get in. So it came to be used of a covering. And then it moved into a metaphorical usage was that it is willing to cover faults. Uh, One was to protect from bad influences, uh, but then it came to be used metaphorically of, I'll cover your faults. I'm not out to expose what's wrong with you. It was used of a ship that was watertight so that no water got into it. Love will not gossip about what's wrong with others. Love takes no pleasure in scandal. It doesn't mean love is blind. Love chooses uh, to restore. The surgeon must be able to see the problem, but his vocation is out to solve it. Love must see the fault in order to restore the brother. But its ultimate agenda is not to see what's wrong. It's to help you to get right. Uh, Matthew said... If you have an ought with your brother, you go to your brother and you settle it. You don't tell everybody else about your problem and your rift. You too settle it. Love does not uh, stay uh, uh, mute when there's a problem. Nathan in love and in obedience to God tells David, you're the man. You're in sin. But its ultimate goal is to protect and to deliver Joseph, when Mary was pregnant and they're engaged, he knows she's liable to public scandal. Nobody's going to believe that God could impregnate a virgin girl. But it says that Joseph was a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, he desired to put her away secretly. Ah, he wants to protect her. He wants to cover it. Everybody doesn't need to know. She doesn't need to be in public's eye and ridicule. I think it's an amazing thing that in the beginning of the race, when Ham walked in on his father's nudity from a drunken spell, that he did not take the precaution of covering his father's nudity as did Japheth and Shem 
and God put a curse on him, you should not have looked on your father while he was exposed naked. You should have backed into the tent and covered him. You couldn't undo his drunkenness. You couldn't undo his state. But I expected you to cover him. If God didn't expect it, why did he put such a curse on it? Dangerous thing. My brethren, if any among you strays from the truth and one turns him back, let him know that he who turns a sinner from the error of his way will save his soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. If we can turn people from the sinful agenda they're into, guess what? We'll deliver them from all kinds of sins and we'll cover up a life that was going to make a mess. Love gets involved because it seeks to protect. It's why parents seek to raise kids that won't make the same mistakes as the parent did. They seek to cover them from this. And one of the frustrations of parenting is every generation has to learn some things for themselves. Mom and daddy can't learn it for them. But that instinct is you want to protect, you want to cover. The word uh, is interesting in the development of this word stego. It came to be used of more than a roof. It came to be used of the pillars that held up the roof. And so it came to mean to bear up. And you'll see some translations, love bears all things. Moving from the roof that covers and protects, it went to the pillars that hold up. And so the idea behind the word is love seeks to cover, to protect. It will bear up with people. It will seek to keep them afloat. It will not come in to destroy them. It's a marvelous concept. Uh, Your love ought to be protecting others, covering for others, not exposing all that's wrong with them. Celeste Holm, an actress, wrote, We live by encouragement and we die without it, slowly and sadly and angrily. Love seeks to encourage, protect, and support people. That's how it acts. Persistence is always a characteristic of love. And we begin these following descriptions. It always trusts. It always hopes. It always perseveres. I read a little story to you several years ago. A couple living in Wales, both of them 74 years of age, got married. Neither had ever been married. And they got married for the first time at age 74. Some of you, there's still hope. Just hold on there. But what was interesting about this couple is they were lifelong neighbors. And when they were both 32 years of age, they got into a lover's quarrel. 32 years of age. And every week since then, for 42 years, David Thomas had written a love letter apologizing for his part in the quarrel and had slipped it under his neighbor's door. 
And with the same determination, Rachel Jones had burned each letter and refused even to speak to the suitor. Then one week, instead of slipping his letter under the door, David plucked up the courage and knocked on it. Rachel answered, he proposed, she accepted, and the wedding followed. Love is persistent. 42 years of letter writing, and he could have just knocked on, just think of how much paper they could have saved. Love is persistent. It just stays in there and keeps seeking, keeps seeking. Uh, It always trusts and believes. Look at that. Love always, it believes all things. Trust. And when you first see that, you said, boy, it's got to be gullible. Do you mean if I love, I've got to believe everybody that tells me the moon is made of cheese and you can buy some of it? And if I love them, I believe them? Is that what it's saying? No, it already says that love rejoices in the truth. So love never seeks to be taken in. It's not gullible. It's really the approach to people. Your outlook on people. And there's at least two outlooks I think you can approach people with. One is you can be critical, cynical, suspicious. And you go into every relationship looking to be hurt, having to be one. And with this attitude all over you that says, you've got to earn my trust because I've been hurt plenty. I've been deceived too many times, and now I come to life with a jaundiced eye. I come to life cautious, and I have uh, learned, I have figured out people, they're all semi-jerks, and you're probably one of them. And I'm just waiting for the shoe to drop when you're going to disappoint me. And you just read it. And the people that they have these guards up, you just meet them. They're just in their spirit. You just, uh, I mean, they're, they're like this. How are you? Fine. Do you love? I don't know. When are you going to hurt me? Many people that way. The other way, love makes you do something you can't imagine. It makes you believe the best and hope for the best. You go into the relationship optimistic. Now, if the person winds up doing you wrong, all that, you're not blind to the wrong. You accept it. You may have to step away from that. But you go in with hands down, not arms up. And it's not an easy thing. I think most of us, if you live long enough, you get your arms up a lot. And your, your statement is, I'm not going to let you hurt me. I'm not going to let you hurt me. Uh, and so uh, you, you hear people, they'll say that. Says, no, I used to be outgoing. I used to have people over. I used to be loving. But no, I've been hurt too many times. I have gotten smart. The rest of you dummies just keep doing it. Because only the dummies keep loving No, just the people who are right with God keep loving. Because love is not suspicious. 
And this is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Our time today spent in God's Word to encourage you to bring you truth for today. If you have questions or comments about our time together, we would invite you to write to us. You can either visit our website and drop us an email, write to us via U.S. mail, or give us a call. Another way to reach out to us with your questions would be to simply record them on your voice memo app on your smartphone and then email that audio to tftquestions at valleybible.org. Our phone number is 855-833-9864. Our website, truthfortodayradio.org. And if you're writing to us, the address is 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. The zip code is 94547. If you have questions about the ministry of Truth For Today and how we are funded to air on this radio station, we would love to talk with you. We are listener-supported, quite simply, and no gift is too small, no gift is too large. Whether it's a one-time gift or a monthly gift, it all goes back into the radio ministry, ensuring that it airs on this radio station. So would you consider that as you reach out to us here at Truth For Today? Another note as we close out our time today, while Pastor Phil is the pastor emeritus at Valley Bible Church in Hercules, we are still very much a part of this body. And if you are looking for a church, we would invite you to join us. Now, we know that this current crisis has us all sequestered away. So you can join us at valleybible.org, where we stream our services. Again, valleybible.org. And then, as we find ourselves released from this quarantine, we will be meeting together here in Hercules. And for information, directions, and details, again, visit valleybible.org. And then, we invite you to come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Blessed be the name of the Lord.